Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Paco Gavrilides and his presentation titled Personal Prayer, recorded at the Catholic Men's Fellowship of Northeast Ohio Annual Conference in March 2014. And now, here is Paco Gavrilides. Brothers, I'm, I'm very happy to be with you this morning and to share this uh, conference uh, experience. What I want to do is to talk about an area that's so critical and fundamental to our lives as Christian men, and it's the area of prayer. And I'm going to specifically focus today on personal prayer. We could talk a lot about communal prayer, which is very important. We could talk about prayer, a Eucharistic prayer. But today, what we want to really look at is how we are as individual men standing before him, being before him in personal prayer. Now, I wanted, uh, yesterday evening, I was praying at, <clears throat> at here and praying for the conference and just taking some time with the Lord. And I, I asked him, I said, Lord, I've prepared my talk and I feel like I have what you want me to say, but in case there's something more that you would like, please show me what it might be. And immediately what came into my mind, I did not hear an audible voice, but what came to my mind very clearly and distinctly was the word Jeremiah 31, 31. So I've had that experience before of hearing an interior voice from the Lord. So I went to it, and this is what the Lord said, and I think it's absolutely relevant, and I will explain why. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke and I showed myself their master, says the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them. And I will write it upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each man teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, I will remember their sin no more. Now, this is a very powerful text speaking about the prophetic word pointing to the new and everlasting covenant that we receive from Jesus and the gift of the Spirit that now will dwell in the heart of the believer. Each and every believer will experience in Jesus the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that God now resides in every human person who's opened themselves to his lordship and accepted him as their God. That means that it's no longer a matter of the Spirit coming and going, uh, falling upon prophets and they prophesy, or uh, rushing upon the judges so that they would judge in the Old Testament, 
or even giving special grace to the kings. No, every single member of the kingdom, every member of the body of Christ, now has a living, personal, intimate relationship with God. That's for all of us to know, and it's the fundamental truth and reality of the change between the two covenants. The dispensation of grace, the pouring out of the Spirit upon all flesh, all those who would open their hearts to the Lord, takes place so that something happens in the life of every human being. We become sons of the living God. We are born anew by water in the Spirit. There's something that changed, we know, in philosophy when we study that in, uh, in theology in, at, at the seminary. It's an ontological change. It's a change in your very being. You now are someone who you were not before. Before, you, you had the Spirit of God living in you to give you human biological life. But through the new connection in, in, in Christ, now you become a Christian and you become Christified. You're born anew. You're regenerated. So that's where we need to start in understanding personal prayer. That God has made it possible for you to be in union with Him, in communion with Him. He's called you into a relationship. God is not an idea. God is not a lofty ideal. God is a living being who has, in His mercy and His love, invite us, invited us into a relationship. And the very same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in you. So that you can now say, Father, my Father, Abba, Father. That term itself, referring not only to Jesus, and that's the way he addressed his Father, but now, as Paul teaches, both in the letter to the Romans as well in the letter of Galatians, that now we receive that spirit of sonship so that we too have right and the power to say, Father, my Father. It's the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit is a power it's an enabling power that makes possible personal communion. And that communion is described in the most beautiful way in the Scriptures. We are no longer called servants, those who are directed and, and uh, led by God to do His will. We have that as part of who we are in our identity but we're also called sons. But not only sons, there's another word that Jesus speaks of, we're called into friendship. Now, genuine friendships that we have, even as we understand them 
on the human level has to do with reciprocity. I speak to my friend. I listen to my friend. I want to serve my friend. I want the best for my friend. I think of his interests, even being willing to make sacrifices, and he to me. When we enter into a friendship with God, we're entering into that kind of dialogue where we, we can know the secrets of God. God shares his heart, his thoughts with us. Not only do we share our heart and thoughts with him, we can know the mind of the Lord. We can know the will of the Lord. We can know the desires of the Lord. We can know it through prayer experience. We can, use, we can know it in his word because we're alive now to the word, which is God breathed, as it says in scripture. So this relationship enables us in a very powerful way to be in contact with him every day in prayer. Another very important element here that we can't uh, forget. The Lord doesn't look at us as a herd mentality. He looks upon each and every individual soul, every human being he's created in his image and likeness, that's unique and irrepeatable, and he wants to have with you every day for some period of time, your undivided attention. Where everybody else and every other thought, as much as humanly as possible, is put aside, and you can look at Him, you can gaze upon the Lord, and you can let the Lord gaze upon you and experience the living presence of God and God will begin to work in your heart and in your mind and speak to you and guide you, strengthen you, bless you, and do what he wants to do with you in that encounter. So this talk, I was asked to make it a, person, a, a talk that had to do also with practical things, and we're going to get to that. But I want to say something a little bit more that I think is important. You know, one of the realities of being still and knowing that God is present is we put ourselves in a place where we're exposed in a, in a new way. You, you sit there and you say, Lord, here I am. I've come to do your will. Here I am. I've come to be with you. And one of the truths of prayer, because it's an intimate exchange, is there is undeniably often a revelation, not only about God, but a revelation about ourselves. That in the light of his presence, we become aware of our weaknesses, our sinfulness, uh, contradictions, we remember things that we've done, many things come to, uh, we begin to experience, if we give God a chance to really be with us. Is this making sense? Are you following me so far? Okay, now listen, this is, this is the point I want to make. 
it is absolutely necessary that we be shown who we are before God. Now, why would God want that? Because he wants to take us from where we are in our sinfulness, in our rebellion, in our weakness, in our sloth, in many other things that go on inside of us, and he wants to purify us, he wants to cleanse us, he wants to convict us of our wrongs, so we'll turn to him and receive grace and move out of those things progressively as he's with us. So, you should not be surprised at times when you're praying that you become aware of yourself and aware of your limitations and your weaknesses and your struggles. And that part of that pain, even in prayer, is a necessary element of God's loving action upon you to free you from those things so that you can be more and more in union with him in great peace and in great love and in new freedom. That makes sense. Because you're in your being, you have been honored and privileged to be caught up into the relationship, brought up into a holiness with God in your prayer. And this is not at all poetic. I'm talking about the reality, the spiritual reality that really goes on when we pray. So that being the case, we have to understand that God's end game for us is that we look just like His Son. That we have the character of His Son. That we have the joy of being in the presence of the Lord, just like His Son had. Because we're made in that image and we're called to that. We were destined before the foundation of the world to be his sons. And so he is committed out of his love and his goodness and his tenderness to get us there. But he has to deal with all that residue that's not so good inside of us. So I just want to say that because one of the temptations when we pray sometimes is we back off from personal prayer because we become aware of maybe the downside of who we are. But let me encourage you and tell you the full truth or more of the truth. When you pray, God looks down upon you with immense love and compassion and he will show his love and his kindness and his tenderness to you in prayer if you'll but let him in allow him to draw near one of the things that i think that is probably one of the greatest challenges today is for men to rediscover healthy intimacy with God. We desperately need intimacy with God because there is our grounding, there is our source of strength, there we get uh, our lives ordered and oriented 
to doing his will and having the strength to carry out his will. One of the most effective, and I've seen it over and over again in the years of ministry that I've been in, ways the devil works on his men is to get them so involved in apostolic activity or so caught up in in the doing of things that they abandon prayer. And as soon as they do, they try to do spiritual works without a spiritual connection. And you know what that does? That means that you're working out of your human capacities to try to do a supernatural work, and it simply doesn't make it. You get frustrated. You get impatient. You don't see any fruit. You don't sense the Holy Spirit moving in what you're doing. You don't observe uh, conversion. You don't get inspirations. Why? Because you haven't spent time in the quiet of your room, in the stillness of being with your Father who wants to be with you, not for what you're going to do, but because you're his son and it's time to come together and share a life. And you'll learn his counsels and you'll be able to do his will. This is the power of prayer. You know, there's a well-known, some of you might know him, he's a, he's a, a Carmelite priest. Excuse me, his name is Father Jacques Philippe. He's a priest from the community of the Beatitudes. And one of the things that he's written a number of wonderful books on prayer and other aspects of spiritual growth. But one of the things that he said in his introduction to this book, I think is very relevant and I want to share it with you at this moment. He says this, The world is going through difficult times and they may perhaps become more difficult still. All the more reason for us to become deeply rooted in prayer. As Jesus invites us in the gospel, and he he quotes from Luke 21, verse 36. He says, Watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, this is the counsel that Jesus is giving. He's giving it Because he knows that his disciples are going to go through a whirlwind of turbulence upon his death and crucifixion and death, right? You know that. He knows it's going to be a difficult time. We are going through, in our country, a historical cultural breakdown. A lot of the values and the structures and uh, presupposed understandings about truths that we all held dear are being attacked on all sides. I don't want to go into all those things today, but I do want to say this. They're unnerving. Uh, you, You can have, even within the same parish, people on different sides of different issues, fundamental truths that supposedly would have been truths that we all had a common mind, a common heart with. Wouldn't you agree? That's going on everywhere. So it's easy to feel like the rug is being pulled from underneath you. 
and you want to know where do I stand, how am I grounded. One of the things that we can't do is put all of our uh, reliance on any human relationships to guarantee us the greatest stability in life. Human beings are weak. They're, they're fragile. They're, they're, they're vulnerable to sin and temptation. They will fail us. Even some of your most intimate relationships will fail you. But you know who will not fail you? God will not fail you. God will always stand there. <clears throat> and if we truly believe that, and that we truly believe that God is in charge, even in the midst of all the confusion out there, the most logical, reasonable thing to do is to stay rooted and grounded in God. God is our life. God is the source of our hope. God is the source of our wisdom. God is going to give us strength to endure trial. And believe me, we'll all endure trial. God will give us the answers that we need at the time in which we need them if we stay in touch with God. Now, another thing I think that's part of uh, understanding prayer is there's a certain need for a kind of maturity, human maturity, about God speaking to his people. If you think that anybody goes to prayer and every single time they're in a prayer experience, God dictates somehow all that he wants them to do and how he wants them to think about everything, you're in la-la land. That's just not true. Nevertheless, God is working every single time you put yourself in his presence and you, you dispose your heart and your mind to listen to him, God is working. So what does that mean? Let's, meet, let's say that you're, you're running into a difficult... Something's happening in your family. There's some kind of trauma in the family. A son that went off and uh, perhaps uh, got himself into a bad relationship, or a daughter who's in a bad relationship, whatever. Now, you, you, you're, you're concerned, what do I do as a father? How do I handle this? How do I speak? And you start, you, you start bringing it to prayer. Well, the first day when you start praying, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be so much turmoil inside that you're probably going to be babbling at God. God, I don't understand. This. How could you let this happen? What, 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 what do I do? And for the first day in prayer, the thing that you need is to find his peace, to remember that he's God, that he's seen this from afar and he's got plans to help you navigate this situation. You come next day because you're faithful, right? Faithfulness is one of the most practical and essential qualities that's necessary in order for us to grow in prayer, to be rooted in the Lord and be guided by him. Faithfulness doesn't depend upon your emotional state for goodness sake. Uh, if, you know, or your physical state. One of the things that Teresa Avila says in, in one of her writings is, if I had to wait until I was physically well to pray, I'd never be praying. She was sick all her life. Did all kinds of different things. Okay, so I don't want to lose the point. Okay, the point is, 
You go the next day. And you come before him with the same concern. Peacefully, trusting that God is hearing you, knowing that he's going to begin to give you something because he's so faithful. You get something, a little bit of light. Or maybe you don't even get a light. You get a certain kind of peace. You come back the next day. And he's been working on you. He's, he's taking away your panic. He's taking away your anger. He has to eliminate your turbulence so that you'll be able to hear his guidance and to get his light. So you do this. And over time, faithfully presenting to God your concerns, God begins to speak and to guide you. And you begin to get perspective. You get understanding. You get wisdom. And now you can begin to act in a way and in accord with your identity as a Christian man, a husband, and a father. It is important for us to be faithful and persevering in prayer so that God can work with us over time. Another very, very important truth, whereas it is inappropriate to think that every single time we pray, we're going to experience being up in the seventh heaven. Right? I mean, it, it, raise your hand if, and when you pray. How many of you actually experience being in the seventh heaven pretty much on a daily basis? What's happening to us? It doesn't happen, does it? But if I were to ask now, and I will, raise your hand if over the course of a year you haven't experienced moments in which you've, you've had a real taste of God's love a real sense of his presence and nearness. How many experience that? Of course. And you know what? Those experiences, because they're God, they're God experiences, you're drawing from the, the life of, of God, they can carry you for a tremendous amount of time. They can carry you, that experience. And sometimes, if you meditate on an encounter in prayer, and you think about it again, what happens? It comes alive again. Because it's a life-giving experience. It was a true encounter from God. And God's love is there going on over and over again. Due to time constraints, today's talk will continue next week at the same time. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For an audio archive of this program, go to livingbreadradio.com and click on the programming menu. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.